Thanks for listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos and the PCC Multiverse. Check out more great podcasts today on one of these awesome affiliate networks. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. You're listening to the ESO Network, your station for all things geek. The Tangibound Network. Check it out. Tangiboundnetwork.com. Listen to this show, the latest episode, every time. A proud member of the Good and Geek Network. The opinions expressed are those of each individual. Check out all the other geeky podcasts over at gunnageeknetwork.com and get ready because geekiness begins in 3, 2, 1. On this week's episode, who comes knocking at the door in WandaVision? Who will Edge and Bianca Belair face off with at WrestleMania? And what was the best and worst at the Super Bowl? All this and more as we once again delve into the pop culture cosmos. Welcome to the pop culture cosmos. And we're back with another episode of the pop culture cosmos. This is Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, Game Source, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and the Lakers Fast Break. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to support us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos, it is sincerely appreciated. But it wouldn't be a Pop Culture Cosmos without a good friend of mine, and I've got a good one on today subbing in hopefully for the next couple weeks for the busy man josh peterson out where he is because he's a busy man indeed you've got to follow him on the twitter and the instagram at castle fpv that's castle with a k fpv it is my good friend indeed the man who i am normally with on fridays is now here for on mondays for a little while it is marcus de la garza and marcus Good to have you back, my friend. We're going to go ahead and do like a little bit of bumper action. One bumper side, your thoughts on WandaVision, and on the other, it's The Expanse. Oh, man. I mean, you're, you're really teeing me up for two of the, my favorite topics lately, and I appreciate that a lot. I do want to say thank you to everyone for listening to the Friday episode. We had a nice special crossover episode. It's, it's nice when we have everybody on together, and I really enjoy doing those. It allows us to really cut loose and 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 just have great conversations. So I, I really appreciated that for our Friday episode. But I am looking forward to talking WandaVision and the Expanse. Let's get to it, Gerald. Well, let's get to it. But I first want to mention that who's on the show today, TJ Johnson, is going to be on here in just a few minutes. He'll be talking WandaVision episode five coming up here in a sec. Johnny Benson from the Beer Man Beer podcast. He's coming up on the back half of the show talking about who he thinks Edge and Bianca Belair, the winners of the Royal Rumble, will face off at at WrestleMania. And then my daughter, Ellen Glassford, is back for also with her thoughts on WandaVision and what are the best and worst ads and also trailers for this year's Super Bowl. But first, my friend, it is WandaVision Episode 5, and it was a pretty good episode, and it really just honed in on itself with a Ending shocker, right as we ended out of the show. I want to hear your thoughts on WandaVision episode five, so I won't delay it anymore. 
your thoughts on the latest episode of WandaVision. It's clear that Wanda is in control here. And it was on display this week with what was going on. You know, she stepped out of the hex. And I'm, I'm going to go ahead and keep pushing that name to see if we can make that stick. You know, man, it, it was a great episode this week. Wanda and, and Vision both had some critical moments. You know, obviously, spoiler alert here, but, you know, Wanda having her own little realization, stepping out of the hex, interacting with sword personnel. That was huge, man. And and I, I really kind of want to hear your thoughts here in a second. But Vision has his own little side story that's going on this week. And he snaps his fellow citizens out of his, what do you want to call it? TV show Mind stupor? Well, yeah. yeah Mind control. Just say how it is. It's mind control yeah. going on right now. Yeah, it's mind control. It's, uh, I, you know, I, I was trying to find a nice way to describe it. It was a TV show stupor, I think is what I was getting at there. He snaps this guy out of the TV show stupor to let him know that Wanda's in his head. And Wanda's really kind of driving things nuts in there. And that's something that we heard from Rambo in her debriefing that Wanda was in my brain and all I could hear was her and, and all I could feel was her and it was driving her nuts. And so this is, we're starting to get the full story here. You know, people are actually being hurt in the process of Wanda going through this grief and trying to process this grief and figure out where she needs to be moving forward. And that's what really concerns me is, you know, we, we had that moment early on in the episode where we describe Wanda as a terrorist. And it feels like we're starting to walk back that direction. You know, if that's the storyline, that's the storyline. But I really hope we don't turn Wanda back into a terrorist here just for the sake of taking this two or three more seasons. You know what? I'm not sure if she's totally in control because at the very end, there was a surprise knock at the door. And that knock in the door was from Pietro Maximoff. It was. It but was. it wasn't the Pietro Maximoff that she was thinking because it was Evan Peters who played Quicksilver from the X-Men films. He was at the very end of the episode knocking at the door. But it wasn't Evan Peters playing the Quicksilver from the X-Men movies per se. It was Evan Peters playing, playing Quicksilver, oh, well, sorry. playing Pietro with a New York Italian style accent, a very much different type of accent than what he portrayed out in his X-Men movies. And she had stated just before he knocked on the door that she didn't know that knock was happening. So is yeah, there, there, really there was some control? Yeah, there's some really, really, really interesting interplay there between Wanda and Vision there at the end when Vision's really driving at her and, and asking her the important question of, I know that you're controlling all this. What are you doing? What are you trying to get at? And then all of a sudden the doorbell rings and she claims that she didn't make it happen. So, uh, yeah, I see what you're getting out there with, you know, is she really in control? I think she is. And I think that the fact that she reintroduced Pietro and recast Pietro with the good did doctor. did she recast? Did she actually control what was happening on that occasion I'm yeah not so and, sure and I, I understand you know i i, I could see how you want to be skeptical here but at the same time i'm going to keep going with the theory here wanda's in control wanda's running all of this and this is might be her next level of snap and i think she might have snapped here and 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 she's really starting to blur some conscious storylines here so that's well, very interesting and what's going on with wandavision episode five her face off where she actually exited the zone, the hex per se, the hex. Let's call and, it the hex. Come on. <laughs> yeah, let's call it. She exited the hex and faced off against the sword agents and told them to just go away. And the sword agents, knowing that she's actually captured an entire town, obviously said they couldn't. Right. And so she had a face off against them with her Sokovian accent. What do you think was behind that with her actually choosing to go back to that Sokovian accent? 
You know, that really drives home your theory of somebody else is in control here because, you know, Wanda stepping out of the hex here, dropping back into that Sokovian accent, you know, this really kind of speaks to the fact that even if she is in control and, and organizing everything that's going on in Westview, it's not necessarily her exerting all that control. And so I think this is somebody else maybe posing as Wanda or somebody controlling Wanda and driving her out there to say the things that she said. But only time will tell. I think we need another episode or two before we can really start solidifying this theory. And that's where I'm just a little bit more hands off than you are right now. I, I think I want to step back and say, Wanda's in control. Let's leave it where it is. You know, the more information we get, the better I'll start making some different fan theories after that. I still think more is behind it in regards to what's going on with WandaVision and the Hex and all that. I still think that there's other forces at play. Somebody might be help pulling those strings. Somebody might be helping pushing those buttons in WandaVision. I still think that's the case. But we're going to hear more opinions today from TJ Johnson and also as well Ellen Glassford before we head on out of the show. So I'm very interested to see exactly how they feel about this latest episode of WandaVision. It's going to be a great episode today. I'm looking forward to it. But one last thing when it comes to WandaVision, what exactly are you looking forward to this coming week in episode six of WandaVision? You know, I was really, really impressed with the whole family ties and full house aspect that we kind of embrace this week. I'm looking forward to see where we take it next week. You know, it's it's for me the guesswork in what TV show are we trying to emulate here? What what TV show are we trying to, you know, really make some callbacks to? I've really been enthused by that week after week, so I'm looking forward to that next week to see where we go with that. As far as storyline goes, I'm with you. I think I'm looking to see the development. Is Wanda truly in control? Is somebody else in control and Wanda's only exerting partial control at this point? You know, those are the the questions I need answered. And I know that, you know, maybe next week, the week after, we should be starting to get more of that information. We will be getting more of that information in the coming weeks with WandaVision. So I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts as we move along with the series, getting into episode six. Not too many more episodes left of WandaVision. So it's going to have to go ahead and start revealing itself just a little bit more and maybe even more quickly than that because there's only four episodes left of WandaVision so I'm looking forward to talking with you and more people out there on these latest episodes of WandaVision but if you have thoughts on the latest episode of WandaVision episode 5 or the series as a whole please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com well coming up next is TJ Johnson he has some thoughts on WandaVision then right after that, at the back half of the show, it's Johnny Benson from Beer Man Beer Podcast. Then my daughter, Ellen Glassford, on the Super Bowl and also WandaVision. And then Marcus and I will close out the show with his thoughts on The Expanse. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. For the latest news and information, analysis and opinions on the Los Angeles Lakers and the NBA, check out the Lakers Fast Break Podcast today on wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos with my good friend, Mr. TJ Johnson, once again, back on the program. And not only is he smiling because the Lakers are doing so well, but then again, that's for another day on the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. He's also got a lot to talk about when it comes to WandaVision. He actually messaged me several times last week 
I gotta talk to you. I gotta talk to you. I I, I got to talk some WandaVision. And I was like, okay, okay. So we couldn't work out any times. And I'm just heading out the door. He says, I can talk to you now. And I just saw, okay, drop everything. Because he's here. He wants to talk WandaVision. It is my good friend once again, TJ Johnson. And TJ, just glad to have you talking WandaVision or anything else on the program. Man, brother, I'm glad to be able to be here to talk WandaVision. The reason that we had such a bad connection and I was trying is I was sending messages. I was stuck in Westview and I thought you got the code for help me with I need to talk about WandaVision. I thought that would have computed, but it just didn't work out. Luckily, well, you got to do it but, on one of the Commodore okay, machines. I don't think it was a VIC-20 or Commodore no. 64. May have been a Commodore 128 where Vision had it hooked up to on this week's right. program. He didn't touch my head. He touched the, the guy around me. So with that scene where he was touching the guy's head and the guy freaked out for a second, I was next door. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. You got, okay, just wanted, maybe you were one of the ones that were chanting exactly what yeah, was contained exactly. within this email. Right. But we are up to WandaVision episode <laughs> five, my friend. And yes. I know a lot of people are very intrigued, especially with the shocker. Well, I don't know if it's so shocker because it already, at the end? yeah, something happened at the <laughs> end. It was a shocking reveal, although, again, it was kind of leaked out. But they didn't leak out who, that nobody was really sure which version of Quicksilver was going to go ahead and be there at the end. But I will go ahead and touch on that in a second. I need everyone to hear your thoughts on WandaVision to this point, and then we'll go into episode five, because again, you've been so excited to talk about mm -hmm. this. I've seen your social media. I've seen your you know 15 <laughs> messages that you tried to give me that we tried to hook up on that you need to talk WandaVision. Yeah, so, man. I, I don't know if you've been catching up on the show. One and two were okay, but I love that nostalgic nods. I thought Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen were, have been fantastic. That's the mm -hmm. reason why those shows, the first two episodes, were as good as they were. Like I said, for me, they were okay. Just fun, mm -hmm. nostalgic things. Episode three kind of opened the door for me. Episode four, let me on in. It was truly a fantastic and episode. And of just... course, yeah, right through very <laughs> solid episode to back that up. But I want to hear your thoughts so far leading into episode five. Gerald, I think your sentiment pretty much is the standard. I think everybody kind of felt that way. Everybody thought, okay, you know, one, it's Marvel. So they're going to give it a chance just because of the fact that it's Marvel. Because it's Marvel, they're going to give it that first initial shot, right? But then. You get to those first couple episodes, like, all right, this is okay. This is cool. It's different. You know, it takes a bit of, this is not the Marvel that we're used to for the last 11, 12 years. This is definitely a different speed, a different style, a different everything in regards to the way Marvel's delivered our cinematic universe that we've come to grow and know and love for the last 12 years. So it's just different. So the first two episodes, I absolutely agree with you. I thought they were, they were good episodes, but not because they were great from a pacing standpoint because it's just not what we're used to, but they were great little nods to the Dick Van Dyke show in episode one, and then more of the bewitched I Dream of Genie-ish starting to go in episode two when they went from black and white to Technicolor. Then episode three, it seemed to be a little Partridge family, but you can kind of see where they kicked the door open and started showing a lot more, because that's what we really wanted to see. We wanted yeah. to know what was going on outside of Westview. How is the outside world looking at this where in the timeline exactly did it take place how do we know what's happened to these characters prior to like is this all just in wanda's head like what's going on here 
Uh, so episode three really kind of started to crack open the door a little bit to the much more of what we were looking for, more of the behind the scenes stuff or the behind the scenes in Westview type things. And obviously episode four really pushed the door open. And then come episode five, it just blew the entire roof off the production, off of everything. And yes, like you, uh, uh, social media had told me that there was a big shocker. They didn't tell, I didn't catch who it was through social media. So I'm very, very grateful for that. I didn't catch who it was, but there was this whole huge surprise at the end type deal. And especially because I didn't watch it, you know, it comes out on a Friday morning at like 2 a.m. or something like that, like midnight or something, something crazy. I'm going to work. So <laughs> I didn't get a chance to, to see it before, you know, the, the spoilers got put out there. So yeah. I made sure Friday night, I get my wife, I get my daughter. My son just went down for a nap. So I get my wife, my daughter, we watching it. And I said, all right, it's time for WandaVision. We watched every episode together thus far. It's time for WandaVision. We're watching this episode and we had this running theory, at least I did. I'm, I'm, I'm clearly the nerd in the family, right? So I'm telling my wife, okay, this House of M type stuff, right? Wanda's the big bad. And now we're getting into the House of M territory where she's created this whole world and you know, she's got, she's in control and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And she was like, okay, that's interesting. So she, you know, we've got the kids and all of a sudden they went from not being pregnant to being nine months pregnant to having six month old kids or three year old kids, whatever the case may be. They just, it, it's been such a quick time jump. But I told her, I said, now all we're waiting on is Quicksilver. We're just waiting on Pietro. He's going to show up at some point. I, so I was expecting Quicksilver. I was Aaron Taylor Johnson. Well, I was expecting Quicksilver. That's my point. I was, yeah, I was expecting Aaron, Aaron Taylor Johnson. Yes, I was expecting him. I was not expecting Fox's Quicksilver. I was not Evan expecting Peters. Evan Peters. I was not expecting him. And so the door goes open, and it's just like, <sighs> now we've heard all the rumors about how one division ties directly into Doctor Strange's multiverse of madness. We've heard how everything kind of ties into like with Spider-Man 3. I mean, this is this is no secret. We've heard all the rumors about who's yeah. all on the set. We've heard all the rumors that Tom Holland is back. We've heard the rumors that Andrew Garfield is back and Emma Emma Frost is not Frost. What's her? What's her? Emma name? Stone. Emma, thank you. Emma Frost. Emma Stone. Ah, that's yeah. Another X-Men reference. There uh, you Emma go. Stone is back. We've heard that Kirsten Dunst is back and Alfred Molina and and William Defoe is green. So we've heard all these rumors, but because we live in such a day of social media and instant take instant information that it's like, okay, well, is this real or is this just what I want to believe? It's just what somebody's want to feed me. We don't know what's truth to it or not. Now, granted, while we still don't know what's true, the fact that Evan Peters just walked on to a Marvel Cinematic Universe set and we just seen that and a nice little nod, nod, wink, wink to the audience as her brother the, the door is wide open, man. Anything is possible at this point. I wouldn't be surprised if Hugh Jackman shows up just for a, a quick wink and nod. He doesn't have to pop any claws. He doesn't have to take his shirt off. He can just put on his jacket and just wink to the crowd. And, and we'll all lose our collective minds. I could just imagine every, just the sound, all those little pops you're going to hear in the atmosphere. That's all the collective nerds and nerdettes losing their minds. Everything just, like, we can't handle it right now. It's just such... What I love about this show is what I hated about this show in the beginning. And when I say hate, work with me. It was just so opposite of anything that we had 
come to know from the cinematic universe. So it was just such a different, and then it, it goes to show you the difference in a sitcom versus a movie. In a sitcom, yeah. you've got to fill 10 episode slots or how many episodes are uh, scheduled for this, I'm not sure, but however many episode slots are fitted for the beginning of the season to the end, you've got to fill those blah, blah, blah episodes, those X amount of episodes. As opposed to a movie, I've got two hours, two and a half hours to give you all this information, all this expository stuff, all these inciting incidences, all these climax, you've only got a certain amount of time for it. As opposed to a sitcom, you've got to build to it. And that's what I've come to appreciate about a show like this is that it's not giving everything to you at once. It's trickling information. It's giving you just enough to keep you hooked. It's giving you just enough to keep you talking about it because that's what we've been doing. We've been talking about it. We've been talking about it saying, well, how is this going to really play out? Who's the villain? Who's the big bad? And you want to say after watching episode four, right? Because that's when it was kind of revealed that Wanda was the one in charge. So when she, or at least so we think, or at least so we think, right? So that's when she, she's out of there and she's like, it's all Wanda. It's all Wanda. Of course, that's all of our initial thoughts. We're all thinking it's Wanda. So the skeptic in me is like, okay, well now it's not Wanda because everybody thinks that. And the first thing she comes out and says is it's all Wanda. It's all Wanda. Okay. Well now it's not Wanda. Now there's part of it. That's Wanda. Absolutely. I, I don't disagree with that, but I don't know if I believe that all of it's Wanda. I think something's pushing your buttons. But then it turns around and flips because she's the one that walks out and confronts Sword. You see the silhouette coming out of the dome, and she doesn't come out as cute Wanda Maxwell. No, she's full on Scarlet Witch when she walks out. She's like, don't do this again. With the accent. It's the Kobe accent effect. Yeah, yeah. The the accent that was gone in, 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 in Avengers and all that. Oh, no, it's back. She made it very clear. You're not welcome here. Don't come back. Do not come back here again. Yes, I still think that she has something to do with it. I don't know if I believe that she's the ultimate be-all, say-all to what's going on in here, but it makes it really hard to not think that when her response and the way that she responded to Sword, like, it wasn't a, oh, something doesn't feel right. It was a, something's not right. You kids stay right here. I'm going to go out there. And she went full on Scarlet Witch, don't, don't come back in here. And she proved just how strong she was. And especially when when there was a comment made, it was a callback to Avengers Endgame, where it was like she was strong enough, she could have beat Thanos herself. They made they referenced that line in the show. They said that she could have beat Thanos by herself, uh, had it not been for that little quick move with the gem, well, uh, with the Infinity Stone. So well, no, it was, uh, a, he was when he was in dire straits. Thanos was. Yeah, he called for he was fighting the, off against yeah. Scar Witch. He called for the ship to fire yes. everything on everyone that was down yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's right. That was Captain Marvel that he hit her with the stone. That's right. That was yeah. Captain Marvel. But anyways, and then that was a weird thing where Captain Marvel was mentioned and the girl looked like she was a deer in the headlight for a second. I mean, obviously we know her relationship. No, there, there was some bad blood. Yeah, something got Which real you'll find out, right I'm sure, there. in Captain I'm Marvel sure. too. But it got real ugly right there. I said, "Ooh, yeah. okay." So, but that's that's the little nods that they set that, up that everything Marvel else. Good for they just they they go little little bloop, and it, it it it'll go over most heads until you turn around and rewatch it, and you're like, "Wait a minute, whoa, whoa, what was that? I I picked up on that body language. What was that about? How come you're so you're so angry? Something you want to talk about? Get off your chest." So stay tuned. It was, uh, yeah, man, it was a lot of fun. I'm really enjoying the series, and now again with the. With the, ca- the the cameo, if you will, of Evan Peters as Quicksilver, uh, Pietro Maximoff, I'm really excited to see where they go now. And it just really gives, 
it gives some legitimacy to these other rumors that we've been hearing about the Tom Hollins, the Andrew Garfields. Well, two questions I have for you. Mm-hmm. Okay. First off is with Evan Peters, mm-hmm. when he went and reintroduced himself into this portion of the Marvel Cinematic Universe as he meets his quote-unquote sister at the end of this episode, he does it in a New York-ish style, very different from the Evan Peters in the Fox movies type Correct. voice. Correct. Could there be a situation where it's not the Quicksilver from the Fox shows that it could be an actor Evan Peters is playing for that role? Because again, <laughs> yeah. the way it was, he approached it, he approached it a lot differently than his mm-hmm. character in the Fox movies were approached. Just want to hear your thoughts on that. You know, that's a great question. I don't put anything off the table. I really don't. I mean, because if you if you look back and, you know, you remember in Thor, it was three, where you had Matt Damon playing Thor or Thor is like or Loki is playing Loki or whatever the case may be. You you have such you have little nods and everything, and then and we'll be playing be it again. Show. Yeah, so you've got little nods. It's so hard with with Marvel and Kevin Feige. God bless him, man. He he has a pulse on his audience, man. He 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 yeah. knows how to get the most bang for his buck. He seems to know every single hit that the audience loves. And the last question, I wanted to touch on this with you with WandaVision for now, because I definitely want you coming back on to talk more WandaVision as we continue to go along, is one of the criticisms that I had, that Josh had, my co-host and others have had, is that those first two episodes, quirky as they were, had everybody kind of questioning it. If you didn't catch the breadcrumbs that were laid out by Marvel early on, you really kind of mm-hmm. didn't get it. If you weren't a diehard Marvel fan, you mm-hmm. may have not stuck with it. In fact, I've heard several people at that point in time say, you know what, I, I don't get it. I just don't understand what's the allure to it. So I'm leaving and bailing out. Episode four, to me, still stands as the best episode in this series so far. And I think that would have been an excellent excellent starting point for those trying to initiate themselves in this new part of the universe because i think there is with disney plus a lot of people now wanting to go ahead and acclimate themselves to some part of this universe i want to hear your thoughts on if episode four would have been a better starting point for this series wow that's a good question i personally i have to say no i think where they started was the best and here's why we've become so accustomed to this instant gratification lifestyle you press a button like if you think about it and i'm, I'm going to reference a good video game but bear with me right if you think about when guitar hero first came out i remember guitar hero and you press the button and you and you fluck it and you were able to play songs that these artists had spent live their lives creating right but th- we had this instant gratification from it and you had artists like prince i remember who said he would never contribute to that game because that that you you've got this instant there's no gratification from learning the craft from learning from that slow build up to being able to play that song you just press a button you can play it as opposed to the musicians that have spent the time effort energy uh every part of their being learning this stuff there was a, a a gradual build to that so saying that to say we become so as a society used to instant everything. I want the best of it now. I don't want to play. I don't want to wait. I don't want to, I don't want to play this, this waiting game. And I think it's so important when you tell a story 
that you have to have build up, you have to have anticipation. And I think it's important that you leave room for a little bit of doubt at the beginning. So, you know, maybe this isn't as good as it was because then when it turns, then when that page turns and that button is hit and it's like a, now it's like, oh, so you go through this little bit of, of it's, it's, they, they say that the, it's not about the ending, it's about the journey. You go through this, that rough patch of the first couple episodes because you're still trying to figure out what the heck is going on. And even people who have never watched a Marvel anything are trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Well, truth be told, if you, this is your first introduction to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, then shame on you. Shame on you if this is your absolute first introduction to this 12-year-old universe that has been crafted that we've had billions and billions upon dollars in movies coming through if this is the first time you're watching anything marvel cinematic universe then you're gonna be confused and you had every right to be confused that's like me walking in on game of thrones on the seventh season yeah but i didn't see anything happen in the first six seasons i don't know what the heck is going on i don't know robert Baratheon from Jon snow like i i don't know that because i wasn't there for the beginning so there's payoff for the people that have been there and there's, if nothing else, there's something that say, hey, maybe you should check this stuff out from the past. I mean, how many times have they told you to watch Age of Ultron after WandaVision? Yeah. Every time WandaVision ends, they say, now you it should shows watch you Age that. of Ultron. And it shows you Age of Ultron. So uh, saying all that to say, I actually, while I agree with you, I think episode four is the best episode. I think it's the best episode because of one, two, and three. I don't think if you just start off episode three, uh, four, would enjoy it we would enjoy it because as cinematic universe watchers that gives you a little bit of everything it gives you a little bit of the sitcom a little bit of seeing what's going on behind the scenes and a little bit of anticipation for what's coming up next but because of this whole oh my goodness where is it going where is it going this is so slow that we had in the beginning when it happened it was like oh now i get it now it makes sense now it's all coming together now we've earned this aha it wasn't yeah. just given to us. We've earned this moment to be like, now we're enjoying this show. Now this is must-see television. Because at first, you were probably a little confused. You are probably yeah. a little concerned, thinking, you know, I don't know. But then again, Kevin Feige, he knows what he's doing. And he just kind of pulls the rug right out from under you and says, nope, no, I got you. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Well, I'll tell you what, it's been great talking to you on everything WandaVision. Once again, it's TJ Johnson, who hopefully, again... You know, yeah. if this time bears it, we'll come back on the show oh, again to talk WandaVision. Yeah. My friend, it's been so awesome talking to you. Yeah. Caught me as I was leaving out the door, but I truly appreciate you yeah, doing man. so. And yes, you will come back. I mean, it's all up to you, man. It's not up to me. I mean, the door's always <laughs> open for this guy. He just has to tell me, like he did last week. I got to talk to you about WandaVision. I got to talk to you about WandaVision. You can work it out, man. I'm sorry. Yeah, so it's all on you, my friend. It's all on you. But I cannot thank you enough for stopping by. I truly appreciate it. But any last thoughts on the way out? Hug your family. Hug your friends. Tell them you love them one last time. You never know when it's going to be the last. Absolutely. And go Lakers. There you go. Go, go Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> yes. Yes. Enjoying that so far. But yes, my sir. friend, TJ Johnson, it's been so great having you on and looking forward to bringing you back on again when yes. it's never you're available to right here <laughs> at the pop culture cosmos video game box art the stories behind the covers in which we talk to the illustrators and artists who are responsible for gaming's most iconic images don't forget to check out video game box art the stories behind the covers celebrating gaming's most iconic images from the people who created them this and many more from rob mccallum films
All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glasker coming right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. It is almost that time of the year. Royal Rumble has ended, and obviously now the attention turns to April and WrestleMania, but there's still two questions that remain. What's going to happen as far as the main events for both the men's and women's division at WrestleMania? Who is Edge, the winner of the Men's Royal Rumble, and Bianca Belair, the winner of the Women's Royal Rumble? Who are they going to face off at WrestleMania this year? And the person who's going to help decide that, I hope, or at least going to share his thoughts, is the man behind Beer Man Beer Podcast. That's right, the Beer Man Beer Podcast. You got to go ahead and not only have some beer, but check out his show each and every time out, wherever you get your podcasts. It is the Beer Man Beer Podcast and one of the crazy guys behind it and a man who was just immensely helpful to me during Indie Pods United. And I'm so grateful for his help in creating and helping shape the awards for the independent podcasting community out there is Johnny B. And Johnny, great to have you part of the program today. It's an honor to be here, Gerald, uh, getting ready for uh, WrestleMania and all the excitement. uh... Edge, he's been okay with me. Uh, Again, uh, it does send the signal that the over 40 crowd is what's always in with the WWE. You know, when in doubt, dust them off and (laughs) put them back on the main event. They think that's a better draw than just trying to grow some of your younger talent. Okay, I get that. That's what they want to do. But Edge is the man behind it. I do like the fact that they're going to try and put a bigger spotlight on Bianca Belair. I, I appreciate that. So at least one part of that equation, I think, was right. You don't have many choices on the men's side right now. It's just the men's side is just not exciting enough, in my opinion. But again, I think they did, as far as the Rumble itself, was it was a very competitive match. Uh, and of course, Edge going all the way from one to coming out on top was a compelling storyline. So... It's all laid out for you on the table, my friend. It's all out there. You now have, of course, the inevitable edge going on every show he can to tease which champion he's going to face off against. Because as the winner of the Royal Rumble, you get to go ahead and choose your opponent for WrestleMania. So that being said, my friend, it is edge. Hopefully, he, if he does win, or at least you know he's going to be coming back to a full-time schedule. He is coming back from injury. So I want to hear your thoughts on Edge now that he's won the Royal Rumble. Where does he go from here? Where he goes from here, I think the money is him and Roman. I think the spear versus spear. But I I think the bigger money would be if he doesn't win. I think we need to keep this heel Roman Reigns badass enough and keep him kind of undefeated up until he gets to a point where we see him versus The Rock at a WrestleMania. Actually, my pick would have been Big Edo in the Rumble. I thought he was getting really hot, and he had that big viewership when he won the Intercontinental. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a good choice. I mean, at this point, you're willing to try anything, at, I think, if you're the WWE. But, again, you always go back to what's familiar with you, as you see all the time with this company. You always go back to what's familiar with you, and it just seems that that's the case, which has been part of the reason why they're declining ratings and things of that nature. But before we head on out, my friend, there is another 
battle royal winner, and that is Bianca Belair, who a lot of people think that has a lot of promise. I think she has a lot of promise. I think oh, she's yeah. very good at what she does, very athletic. She hasn't reached that over the top yet. The company's been very guarded with her. And now this is an opportunity for her to go over the top because she has now gotten the chance to go ahead and compete on a marquee with WrestleMania because she's never been put in this spotlight before. And I'm happy for her that now she's been given the chance because she is the Women's Royal Rumble winner. And she's going to go ahead and face off against a champion at WrestleMania. So who do you think she's going to face off against this year at WrestleMania? I think the money's in Sasha, her and Sasha together. They did face off against each other at SmackDown previously. That's the match I want to see. It's kind of, I think it's more of an equal match as well. Cause that's like, it's almost like the female version of Eddie Guerrero versus AJ Styles with what those guys do in the ring. And I, I, I see Oscar, maybe, 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 maybe another Oscar Charlotte, maybe Oscar with uh, Rhea Ripley or Oscar with Alexa bliss. That's also been talked oh, about. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's something that's, that's there as well for Oscar, who has won every major title there. She hasn't had that major marquee win. So I'm hoping they'll give her that spotlight at WrestleMania, but I'm not quite so sure because the company has not given her the opportunity, even as champion to go ahead and shine in the spotlight very much. I'm kind of disappointed yeah, with right. that, yeah. but Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks. You have a situation now where the company is really behind Sasha Banks because of her time right now with the Mandalorian. She's uh-huh. a name that's out there. Again, do you see where point where Bianca Belair is just going to come up short? Do you think they're going to allow her the opportunity to become champion? No, she's going to be the champ. She's got to be. They got that. That's how they're going to make her a star. They got to. She got to win. If she loses, there's that fifty-fifty booking you were talking about, where you know you get them hot and then you cool them down and then they don't get to become the star. So many reasons to get the fans behind her too. You know, even like the, the her parents jumping up and down on Instagram. Yeah, you, you, know, you got like baby face here. She's a star, you know. I, I would say it's a big mistake to not put her over. So before we head on out, my friend, those have been some great thoughts on who you think the winners of the Royal Rumble are going to happen. But I want to go ahead and say before we head on out, you've got a great show, Beer Man Beer Podcast. I appreciate so, that, man. <laughs> yeah, no problem. So it's the time for the sell job, man. So it's the time to sell people on why people need to check out the Beer Man Beer Podcast. Oh, uh, man, you know, if, if you love craft beer, you're going to love our show. But if you also, if you love comedians and you love live music, our show is basically comedy, concerts, and beer. Of course, there have been no concerts this year, but uh, we still talk about concerts of the past, concerts upcoming. And we have a, a list of great stand-up comics that have been on the show sitting, enjoying beers with us. And they're, they're always a good time. We got upcoming, we're going to have Claudia Stavola from Monsters of Rock Radio, John Romanoff from Gotham Comedy Live. And it's, it's always a good time as we, we try to make it more the beer show that's fun other than like a lot of them are documentary, you know, how much hops goes into this and flavors and all that. But we want to make the beer fun and we want to be the guys that you want to sit and have beers with. So check us out. We're on Spotify and Apple, Amazon Music, all the platforms. All those platforms indeed. It is the Beer Man Beer Podcast. Beer, beer, beer. Beer Man Beer Podcast. You got to go ahead and check it out today wherever you get your beer and your podcast. How about that? Sounds like a plan. Sounds like a plan indeed. 
Well, Johnny Benson, it's just been great having you on the show once again. I truly appreciate it. I mean, we just did such a great job with Indie Pods United and obviously the awards that we were helped go ahead and judge and, and be able to go ahead and have that time together. But I truly appreciate you being on the show today. Cannot thank you enough for doing so. We've got to get you back on. Appreciate it. wrestling or pop culture, whatever you want to go ahead and do, because you're always welcome here. But any last thoughts on the way out, my friend? Make sure everybody supports your show because I'm a big fan of what you got going on there and all the pop stuff. I'm not I'm not much of a video game guy, but uh, the movies and the uh, Netflix and all the uh, wrestling, I'm I'm in. So there you uh, go. Once again, it is Johnny Benson. He is behind, along with his longtime beer drinking tag team partner, Jay Kettles. And you got to go ahead and check them both out, Johnny Benson and Jay Kettles, on the Beer Man Beer Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Well, Johnny, it's been great having you on the program. Looking forward to get you back on very soon right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. If you need your video game fix, be sure to check out Retro City Games. Located in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada, Retro City Games has the cure for all your video game vices. Retro games and games for current consoles, Nintendo, Sega, PlayStation, Xbox, and more. Retro City Games has all the staples from any library and some highly collectible offerings too. So pick up a few games today at Retro City Games in Town Square on Las Vegas Boulevard or in Henderson, Nevada. Retro City Games is your video game metropolis. All right, and we're back with the program. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. Before we head out on the show, going to have the opinion of the smartest pop culture individual in the Glassford household, it is my daughter, Ellen Glassford, and not only is she going to report what's going on with WandaVision and her thoughts on episode five, but also she got a chance to check out the full two-minute trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier from Marvel Studios today. So she's going to share her thoughts on that. And of course, we would be remiss without our comments on the best and worst Super Bowl ads. So before we head into that, we are going to talk WandaVision. Ellen, it's so great to have you back on the program Looking forward to your thoughts on WandaVision Episode 5. I'm so excited to be back. Thank you for having me. Oh, always great to have you back. So what are your thoughts on WandaVision Episode 5? I thought it was a good episode. I'm glad that we kind of had the mix between the sitcom and the sort of outside the bubble with S.W.O.R.D. I don't think it was as good as Episode 4, but like I said, I do really like that mix. I thought it was a really fun episode and it left us not only with a lot of questions but the end cameo character reveal was super crazy and exciting and i'm so excited to see what's next absolutely as am i i know i already spoke to marcus de la garza and tj johnson about it already it is evan peters who everybody knows from the x-men films as quicksilver but I'm not 100% sure that he was actually that Quicksilver from the X-Men films. So I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think it was? Because it certainly didn't sound like the same Evan Peters from the X-Men films. I want to hear your thoughts. Is it the one and the same Quicksilver? And is that going to be the Quicksilver going forward? I think it is because Disney spent billions of dollars to buy Fox and they're just going to use a different actor from the same movies that they bought. I don't think they would have the same guy's face 
and then make him like a completely different character because I watched a lot of fan reactions this weekend and then people were so excited to see this character come over from the Fox universe into the Marvel Cinematic Universe and I think the fans wouldn't really react well I think if he's not just Quicksilver you know some people think he's not Quicksilver they think he's you know just an actor just an actor but I think him talking different he's portraying another one of those sitcom stereotypes and I really hope he is just Quicksilver Pietro Maximoff because that character was just really cool in the X-Men movies and people really like Evan Peters as this character and I think this is a really good way if they are introducing mutants into the MCU I think this is a good way for them to do it so he can continue to be Quicksilver. Well fair enough indeed but I know you and I are excited for what's to come with WandaVision But you and I are also excited on what's to come for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which had its trailer today. And even though it didn't give away too much, it did show Baron Zemo back out and about looking to go ahead and restart his mission or finish his mission, as he said. It also showed the Flag Smashers, which was an individual in the comics, which seems to be now seemingly a group. That's giving Falcon and the Winter Soldier problems. But the biggest problem between Falcon and the Winter Soldier is themselves getting along and making it more like a buddy comedy. So I want to hear your thoughts on the trailer for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I thought it was kind of funny how they started out. I mean, they're obviously kind of in a therapy session and we know that they're going to have to learn to work together, but they've always had that kind of argumentative relationship where they sort of bicker at each other so I think we're gonna see that throughout the series until maybe hopefully at the end they can work better with each other I'm super excited to see where the villains go I think we don't really know that much about what's going on in terms of the antagonists of this series there seem to be so many different forces at play here So we don't really know if they're all working together or they're just different forces against Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But what I really like seeing from the trailer, and we saw this in the last trailer from the Disney Investor Day, is the action, which I don't see people talking about this. The action scenes, they look like proper Marvel movies. And that's really exciting for me to see like Falcon flying through canyons. And it looks like it looks really good. It looks like Disney has spared no expense, as you and I spoke of when we were talking about episode four of WandaVision. Ellen, I did want to ask you, when it comes to Falcon and the Winter Soldier, I mean, it sets up a whole bunch of things within the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It was originally scheduled to be the first television show we would see, but it does showcase everything that we want to see as far as a full-fledged Marvel production that we, again, we saw really in hindsight a lot of what we saw in episode four of wandavision so i want to hear your thoughts as we close on out this conversation on what you're excited for the most when it comes to falcon and the winter soldier for me i'm really excited to see bucky and sam and their relationship because i'm a huge fan of 
Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie in real life. They're super funny together. And I'm super excited to see how those characters interact. And I'm really excited to see how the story goes with the series because these episodes are going to be 40 to 50 minutes long. Which is a little bit longer, just to let everyone know, than than WandaVision currently is. We're going to get some nice storytelling in the series. And also, the action scenes look amazing. And I'm super excited to see where the series goes. Well, I'm super excited as well. And I know the Glassford household is going to be jumping up and cheering every time we see good things happen for Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We're excited to see what's next for those two and also the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that comes out March 18th, if I'm not mistaken. March 19th. March 19th. So March 19th, look for it, is Falcon and the Winter Soldier heading to Disney Plus right after what we see from WandaVision. So I'm looking forward to not only finishing out WandaVision, but also checking out what Falcon and the Winter Soldier are up to in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. But before we head on out, you watched and endured this year's Super Bowl, which to Tampa Bay fans was a pleasure, to Kansas City fans was a downer, and to everyone else was kind of a snoozer, at least everybody watching it anyways, if you're still attentive to it. But we all were focused in on the performance at halftime of the weekend, and also as well, mainly importantly for you and I, Elwin, was the ads. What are your general thoughts on this year's advertisements? I think they weren't as maybe big and show-stopping, but I think a lot of companies pulled out because of the pandemic and even the companies that were there, I don't think they could make it as large scale as they wanted to due to the pandemic. So even the biggest ones that we've seen, like the best ones, none of them were that memorable for me. And so this year's Super Bowl ads, some of them were good, but not a lot of them were really memorable. I have my list here. I have my list of the best and worst ads for this year's Super Bowl. In my opinion, do you want me to go with best first or do you want me to go with worst? Go with best first. Go with best? Okay. I'm going to start off with Cadillac and the recreation of Edward Scissorhands and Edward Scissorhands' son great actor timothy chalamet who you're going to see later this year in dune maybe he should be in an edward scissorhands remake there you go i mean the talk has probably already started therein so look for that to possibly be happening because i think he did a sensational job i know the tide commercial that had the jason alexander hoodie was really funny i thought that was really good Uber Eats with Wayne's World reviving once again. And, and this is a theme that you saw throughout the Super Bowl with some of these ads building on our nostalgia and Uber Eats with the recreation of Wayne's World with, of course, the stars of Wayne's World and Michael Myers and Dana Carvey. They did a great job as always. So I thought it was really a great recreation of that. General Motors with Will Farrell and Aquafina. I thought that was a pretty effective commercial about him looking to pick a fight against Norway. I also think that the funniest video, and I think the overall best video is coming up here in a second, but for me, also as well, the touching Bruce Springsteen Jeep commercial, the middle, I thought was very insightful, very emotional, and obviously very timely. The Rocket Mortgage commercial, the first one with Tracy Morgan, I think was really a good commercial. The second one that played, was, as he would say, pretty much a good commercial. 
but not quite as good as the one that was played in the first half. The number one commercial for me this year was Matthew McConaughey's Doritos 3D ad. I love the way that they use the technology on that, that was paper thin and wasn't until he actually got a hold of some Doritos 3Ds that he actually got to go ahead and flesh himself out. I thought that was a very amusing and funny at first to me striking type of thing. It, it came off very amusing to me. So Ellen, before we head on out, was there any ads, any at all that stuck out to you outside of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I like the Doritos one. I think it came up pretty early in the Super Bowl. So that mm-hmm. was a fun one. I like the General Motors ad with Will Ferrell, partly because Kenan Thompson was in it and I'm yes. a big SNL fan. So it was kind of cool to see Kenan Thompson pop up. But all the ones that you said, like, the Bruce Springsteen one, that was really touching, especially considering the political climate that we're in and everything in the world today. But all of the ones that you talked about, they were all pretty good. And those are the ones that stood out to me. The ones that didn't stand out to me at all, which I thought were the worst ads, I want to go ahead and give a special demerit to Paramount+. Plus. I think with all the advertisement time that they were given, I think they really could have done something to put it over as far as the collection of talent and the collection of basically all their IP that they actually have that's being associated with this new channel or the revision of the CBS All Access channel and how it's going to evolve into on March the 4th into Paramount Plus and the value price tag, anything else. It should have been more informational instead of trying to go ahead and build for comedy and build and build because they had several commercials in order to go ahead and properly give it that that type of time frame, especially with CBS, because they're tying with CBS and all that. I thought there would have been better uses for the way that they went ahead and promoted the incoming change to Paramount Plus on March the 4th. I thought that the Pringles commercial was a downer. I also thought that the Fiverr commercial was also a downer, where they talk about all the people coming in and rebuilding that building, and the ladies thought it was a hotel and whatnot. Uh, the Chipotle commercial, where the kid says one burrito can change the world. Dr. Squatch with the soap. Okay, yeah, it's a soap commercial that we see a ton of times on YouTube. Everybody knows it already. Didn't need to be beaten overhead with it. I think that was a miss on their part. Spending all that cash and something we see 10 times a day on YouTube. And probably the worst commercial for me was even though Budweiser had said that they were not going to be a part and they had an ad saying that they weren't putting their normal ad on, that they would devote it to vaccines, they did have a commercial touting all their brands. And then they had this commercial with Bud Light Lemon Seltzer with the lemons raining down, memorializing how bad a year 2020 was. I really thought that was a downer of a commercial. In fact, you know, they might have hit me in the head a couple of times with lemons on that one. So... That was my thoughts on the worst commercial there was the Bud Light Lemon Seltzer. But there's one more. Actually, I think, you know what? I think there's one worse. I've got one worse. And this one actually is capitalized on it because they know this commercial is bad. And that was Oatly. That was the vegan milk company, I think, that was in there with the guy that's playing on the Casio keyboard and singing about moo, 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 moo. And that commercial, I think, was even worse than the Bud Light Lemon Seltzer ad. That commercial was so bad, in advance, the company knew that was so bad, that they sold T-shirts 
about how bad their commercial was and it's already sold out and it's sold out in five minutes. So that tells you right there how bad they knew that ad was. So any last thoughts on some ads that really stuck out to you as being some stinkers that were out there? The Oatly ad was not great, but it, I guess if they're capitalizing off of it, good for them. The Bud Light Lemon Seltzer ad was not great. The way that they portrayed 2020 that was not the way to do it. And the fact that they were commenting on how bad of a year 2020 was at a party when we still are not in a place where we can go to parties like that right now. Not the best thing. The Dr. Squatch, everybody's seen those ads on YouTube. It's just too much at this point. The other ads were just, they were forgettable, but the worst were probably Oatly and the Lemon Seltzer and Dr. Squash. I can't say I disagree with you there. If you have opinions on the best and worst ads at the Super Bowl, we'd love to hear your thoughts, popculturecosmos at yahoo.com. But it's been a great time talking to you, my dear. Once again, it is the smartest pop culture individual in our Glassford household. It is Elowen Glassford. We truly appreciate, again, Elowen, you stopping by. I cannot wait to have you back on talking WandaVision going forward, Falcon and Winter Soldier, and so much more in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Any last thoughts on the way out? Thank you for having me. I was so happy to talk Super Bowl ads and WandaVision and Falcon and the Winter Soldier with you. Well, I'm happy to do the same as always. We do it around the house all the time, so we might as well go ahead and put it on the air. And I'm glad we did one more time right here on the Pop Culture Cosmos. You're listening to the Pop Culture Cosmos. And we're back to close out the show. This is the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thank you so much to TJ Johnson. Johnny Benson, and my daughter, Ellen Glassford, for being on the show today. Looking forward to hearing more of TJ Johnson's thoughts on this latest console generation on Friday for the PCC Multiverse. But before we head on out, my friend, it is The Expanse. Season 5 is now in the rearview mirror, and Season 5 looks to be something that got a lot of people's interests. So I want to hear your thoughts on The Expanse as it closes out in Season 5 and what you're looking forward to in Season 6. You know, this was a really, really, really cool season. This is a fractured storyline. This is the first time that we've seen the crew of the Rosinante go their different ways. You know, it's it's one of those things that you want the family to stay together, but you know in order for them to grow as people, as characters, that they have to split up, and it's hard to watch that happen. We've got a lot going on for Season 6. One of the things I've I've consistently talked about with season five is the first four episodes and even episode five too, to a certain extent, they all felt like season finales. They brought the heat. They brought everything you needed. They brought all the intensity and action that you wanted for season five of The Expanse. And the next four after that felt like positioning episodes. And so I do want to keep praising this show as one of the best that's on TV right now when it comes to sci-fi it leaves to be seen how they're going to address one of the storylines from the book when it comes to the final chapter. Let's just go ahead and put that in air quotes, the final chapter here. There is one more baddie that is the driving force behind Marco in Aros. So if we're going to take the first half of season six to kill Marco and then go after Duarte, then I'm all on board there. We'll have a season six that every episode will be a season finale episode. Basically. If you have any thoughts on season five of the expanse, please let us know popculturecosmos at yahoo.com looking forward to another great episode with you my friend on friday where we'll be talking about the latest and greatest news in pop culture 
Looking forward to having our good friend, Knowing and Fine, who gave us the heart today. Knowing and Fine, I'll probably see if I can go ahead and track him down to go ahead and talk on the show about some great pop culture things for then. Also as well, TJ Johnson talking about the latest console generation and why Sony has the early lead already and can they keep it? But any last thoughts, my friend, on the way out? Not much other than on Friday's episode. I know we will be talking briefly about NASCAR. We've got a huge season coming up here. We've got a lot of big shakeups that we can kind of recap in a, in a quick five-minute segment and then talk about the future in another five minutes or 10 minutes after that. So I'm looking forward to that discussion with you. There's a lot of big changes that happen in the offseason that I think we need to make the fans aware of, number one. And then number two, talk about how this is a sport that I think over the next five years is going to be rising to a new level of prominence with the new user base fan base that they've got coming in starting this season. Rev up your engines for another great episode of the PCC Multiverse coming this Friday to radio stations around the world and podcast outlets everywhere. So for Marcus De La Garza, this is Gerald Glassford. It's another beautiful day in paradise right here in the pop culture cosmos. We thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a great Mission commencing. This is Wookie Radio. Translated for the Wookie Imperium. I like that Wookie. Your hosts, Ken, Derek, and Mike, bring you the latest news and commentary from the far reaches of the galaxy. Uh, hold it. Hold it. I said hold it. Subscribe today on iTunes and Stitcher. I just assumed it's a Wookie. Start listening today and remember the Force will be with you always. You're listening to a Weeby Geeks Network podcast. This has been a broadcast of the ESO Network. Be part of the crew and help support our shows by donating to our ESO Patreon or by shopping for the T Public Store, which can all be found at www.esonetwork.com. The ESO Network, your station for all things geek. Tangent Bound Network. Let your voice be heard. TangentBoundNetwork.com Thanks so much for downloading the Pop Culture Cosmos and stay tuned as more great podcasts are on the way. Thanks again for listening to us here at the Pop Culture Cosmos.